Pastor Katie. Several weeks ago, we put out a little box on the round table in the narthex, and we asked you to uh, submit questions that we would uh, then select from those questions, uh, five to do a sermon series. Uh, you asked for it, uh, and so I assure you that uh, none, of the, none of the submissions were going to be easy for us to deal with. Um, they were all um, tough questions, um, but we did have to uh, cut some of them. Uh, I would say we probably had, what, 30, 40 maybe total, and we had to get down to five. So if yours was not selected, um, don't throw a can of corn at me. Um, uh, we'll, we'll deal with all of them in due time, I'm sure. Uh, either on purpose or on accident, but um, today, as you can probably tell, we are uh, wrestling with this question that was submitted. Actually, we combined a couple questions that were submitted in, into one question. Uh, so basically, um, why, uh, why does God allow suffering? Why, why do bad things happen to good people? That's what we're dealing with. You asked for it. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, he was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go. Wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. Uh, the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, we have a lot of questions. We know that there's a really good chance that we're not going to get really clear answers. Help us to be okay with that while at the same time growing closer to you, and 
one another in this life that we share. May your preacher just be a vessel, an instrument of your grace. It's in the name of the one who heals, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. So for so long as there have been Christians, we have been wrestling with these questions. If God is good, if God is just, then why do innocent people suffer? Why is evil a thing that causes innocent suffering? Why do bad things happen to good people? We even have... uh, uh, a theological category devoted to these questions. We, we call it theodicy. Theodicy, and theodicy is uh, really about evil causing unjust suffering, innocent suffering. Christians have spent centuries trying to answer these questions. And here we are again today. But this is not only a Christian thing. This has been a thing that people of faith have been wrestling with for so long as there have been people of faith. That's why Jesus is asked, who sinned? You see, the idea, the concept that they had at that time, at least these particular people, was that someone had to sin for there to be punishment. And in this case, the punishment is blindness. So they say, who sinned that caused this to happen? It's the same rationale that we saw play out, you know, uh, I guess 18 years ago with Hurricane Katrina. There were those in the name of the faith who said, sinful place, New Orleans, that's why. It's also the same rationale when we say things like, well, they get what they deserve. Who sinned? Was it the blind man or was it his parents? But Jesus says no. Jesus says no. It's not about anyone's sin. It's not a sin issue, Jesus says. It's so that God may be glorified. And so Jesus, after he says, no, it's not about their sin, Jesus does something that's just totally off the wall crazy. He spits. He spits in the ground and and he he mixes it together with the dirt and he, he makes some mud with his spit. And then he he takes that messiness and he places it on the eyes of the blind man. He rubs it in. And he says, go to the pool of Siloam. Siloam, it's, it's just outside the Jerusalem city gate. Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And the blind man does that. And he comes back, and he's able to see. 
and people don't believe it. They're like, you've always been blind, but now you can see because some guy rubbed spit mud on your eyes and sent you to Siloam? He said, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And they said, well, where is he? Where is this Jesus? And the once blind man said, I do not know. His answer is a great answer for any preacher trying to explain why suffering happens. I do not know. But yet we must say something. We have to say something. When terrorists kill innocent people, when there are casualties of war that are innocent people whose bodies are filled with shrapnel, when people go out just to have a good time at a bowling alley, got to have something to say. And it's not because they were worse sinners than others. When hurricanes and, and other natural disasters happen, we, we have to have something to say. We cannot be silent. Nor can we find ourselves becoming numb to such atrocities. You know, in another gospel, the gospel of Luke, Lou Ann read it earlier, Jesus is asked about some Galileans who were put to death by their Roman overlords and Pilate. Pilate mingles their blood with the blood of their religious sacrifices and and Jesus is approached and he's asked, like, why did this happen? What did they do to deserve this? And Jesus says, wait a minute. Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than any other Galilean? Jesus says, no, I tell you, they, they, they weren't. And then he goes on to, to, to say, or when that Tower of Siloam, there, there's that place again, Siloam. Jesus said, when the Tower of Siloam fell and, and, and killed those 18 people, were they any worse sinners than anybody else around Jerusalem? Jesus says, no. They were no worse sinners. Repent, he says. That's his answer. Just repent. Do better. And, and then... After he talks about the people in the Tower of Siloam, he, he, he tells a story. And it's a story that should be familiar to those of you who have been around here for a while. It's a story about a, a, a vineyard owner who has some, some, some trees that aren't producing. And he wants to cut it down. Get rid of it. It's no good. But he's got this gardener. And this gardener says, you know what, now what? Let me work with it. Let me take some manure and spread the manure around the tree. And let, let's see what I can do with it. 
Jesus tells this story about this, this gardener and, and this manure to remind us that manure happens. That's right, remember? Manure happens. And God cannot intervene in every single situation, even though we really wish God would. But if God did intervene in every single situation, then that would make this heaven. And it's not. It's what God does with the manure that happens that matters the most. Friends, everywhere is Siloam. Everywhere is Siloam. Where tragedy happens, where healing happens, where hope can be found. Even in the midst of tragedy and suffering. Everywhere is Siloam. Perhaps the most important thing for us to remember is that the story does not end there. Let us pray. God, we pray that you would tear open the heavens and come down and, and make it all new again. In the meantime, help us to not only remember the rest of the story, but to live into it. And God, we ask that through our living into knowing that the story does not end in Siloam, that we may see thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's in the name of the crucified one, the risen one, Jesus Christ our Lord, that we pray. And to all God's people say,